Hey, Rockheads. If you haven't already checked out Music to Code By, you really should, especially if you need to focus on anything, like programming. But it's great for kids doing homework, great for reading, great for writing, anything that you need to focus on. The results speak for themselves. I've got hundreds of satisfied customers. Go check out their comments and more at mtcb.pwop.com. .NET Rocks, episode 1171, with guests Anthony Vanderhorn and Nick Molnar. Recorded Friday, July 17th, 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's summertime, and we got some .NET rocks for you. Hey, Richard Campbell. And I've been doing some spring cleaning. Just wait till you hear what I've been doing. <laughs> Tell me about spring cleaning. I just had the electronics recycler guys in. I think 30 <laughs> CPUs worth of computers just went out the door. It's really funny. When most people think spring cleaning, they think all the boxes in the garage. You yeah, know. these were boxes in the garage, except they were metal and had blinky lights on them <laughs> once upon a time. Old paint cans. Yeah. I guess you could call those old paint cans. Pretty huh? much, yeah. So but a bunch of old 2U server chassis that only fit P3 class motherboards have literally been in the basement for f- four years, five years, just sitting there. Well, I have a story that starts with a tragedy and ends with victory. Awesome. Hit me. The tragedy is a good friend of mine and my brother's uh, passed away of cancer. He knew he was 45 years old. He He had it for about a year and knew he was stage four for about a year and you know did his bucket list and all of that stuff and he wanted to uh marry his girlfriend and have a a wedding that the band would play at and he spared no expense for the band and for the you know sound company i hired a really great sound company and lights and everything well he died before that could happen but he also wanted he didn't want a ceremony he wanted a party right you know, he he didn't want people sad and stuff. He wanted people celebrating his life. So in a way, he kind of gave our band a nudge. We turned the the wedding, uh, which was just a wedding reception, right? Because they had already been married. Yep. Turned that into uh, a party for him uh, on the same date. And um, it really gave the band a, a sort of a boost to to, you know, get a whole bunch of, uh, these are the horns, right? You know, all the horns that we have in the band. Mm -hmm. Get a whole bunch of charts and learn a whole bunch of new songs and and get out there. Now we have a four-hour show together, and we're hireable. So if you're listening here and your company has an, I don't know, an annual meeting and you hire a band, wouldn't you like to have a band come and play Toy Boy for you? Because that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? We We do all sorts of of course, the Franklin Brothers originals and the songs on my album, but we also do classic horn rock like uh, Chicago and Steely Dan and uh, Stevie Wonder, and we also do some funk like Earth, Wind, and Fire and that kind of stuff, and lots of great vocals and just uh, we'll keep you dancing for hours. So there you go. If you're interested, just let me know. I know the thought may not have occurred to you, but it's pretty badass band right now, the Franklin Brothers band. So that's what I got, Richard. And uh, enough banter. Let's roll the crappy music for Better Know Framework. Huh. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, this is another story. And this is the story of uh, implementing SSL on .NET Rocks. 
Ah, yeah, this is a good story. Yeah, it's a good story. It's been going on right now. That's right. We just got a wild card cert, right? That covers everything com, and put it up. And if anybody's ever done this with IIS 7, it's probably a lot easier in Azure. But if you're still in a VM with uh, the IIS manager and you need to now reroute all of these URLs and everything from uh, HTTP to HTTPS, there's a couple of ways to do it. But the easiest way that we've been using for years is the uh, URL rewrite extension for the IIS manager. And you can check that out at tinyurl.com slash IISURL rewrite. And this is a Microsoft tool. You install it with a platform installer. And there's just a, a sort of a GUI, or you could just copy and paste a little section into your web config, and you're off to the races. Um, some things that we learned along the way is that uh, if you have, of course, if you have a, a site that has links to a non-HTTPS or SSL uh, stuff, those need to be changed. So we did that. Also, we had a problem with the mobile app, which really... The mobile app was uh, written to call a service, and this is an old SOAP web service, and it just brought back horrible memories about why we moved on. <laughs> There's a config file, but it doesn't actually do anything. Right. You have to recompile the whole app. Yeah. So it's it, just that whole exercise in futility. <laughs> Brought back some pain. So, but the good news is we did use the uh, URL rewrite extension and it works great. And we got everything working. All Everything is SSL, including the links to the MP3s themselves. Nice. So enjoy. And in the meantime, if you need that utility, there it is. Yeah. And, and an important part of that is they actually make the thing uh, work all the time. And it works great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering. You know, we're still finding the occasional problem. It, actually, hunting down and making HTTPS everywhere. Everywhere is a lot. Everywhere is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and there's there's a little more to the story, and that is, of course, we talked about this before, but the the whole website's been redone by AppV Next, and we're just putting in the the finishing touches, uh, and then we'll be announcing it soon. It may even be. Uh, depending on when this guy, when this show airs, it may even be up already. Yeah, it'll be close. Okay. We're definitely headed in that direction. That's all I got, man. Good one, dude. Thank you. Yeah, who's talking to us today? Grabbed a comment off a of show 1082. That's the one we did at NDC in London last yeah. uh, winter. Where we talked to uh, Ben Hall, Jeff French, and Rico and Peter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we read a few comments from the show because it definitely talked a lot about instrumentation and things like that. And Lee Englestone had this comment. He said, hi, guys. Great show. It was nice to hear that the members on your panel used TeamCity, Octopus Deploy, Logstash, Elasticsearch, and Cabana, as that is the same as our current setup. You mentioned that every copy of Visual Studio says Visual Studio 2010 has the built-in ability to do monitoring and performance. Uh, in production without really having any impact on the performing app. What functionality is that? How many times have I told this story? It's amazing, really. Mm. That's preemptive analytics. Right. And it comes, it's one of like the only third-party products still in the box in Visual Studio. I don't know if it will be in 2015, but since since very early days, they're the, they're the obfuscator guys. And they also have this instrumentation pack. And the, the version that comes for free in the box is just for server-side instrumentation. You could pay 
to uh, uh, per seat for client side and stuff. They, they've been a great supporter of the show over the years and a uh, nice bunch of guys, cool product. Uh, of course, there's lots of ways to bring client and we're going to be talking more about that today. So, uh, Lee, thanks so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or via any of the social media. We post every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if you comment there, we read that. We'll send you a mug there, too. Absolutely. And so now let's actually get to the show. It's uh, Anthony Vanderhorn and Nick Molnar are back. This time, um, they're working for a different company. So Anthony Vanderhorn is co-founder of Glimpse. He works at Microsoft and is a regular speaker on such topics as open source, web practices, and diagnostics for the web. Anthony has specialized in web and front-end development with technologies such as JavaScript, CSS, and HTML. He's bounced between living and working in New York City and his hometown of Brisbane, Australia. Now he's back in the USA at the moment. And Nick Molnar is a New Yorker, a PM on Microsoft's cross-platform and open tooling team, and co-founder of Glimpse, an open-source diagnostics and debugging tool. Originally from Homestead, Florida, Nick specializes in web development, web performance, web APIs, and community management. In his spare time, Nick can be found cooking up a storm in the kitchen, hanging with his wife, speaking at conferences, and working on other open-source projects. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. So the last time we talked, I believe we were in uh, Norway. I think so. Talking about Glimpse. Yes, Oslo 2014. Yep. And some new things. Uh, first of all, let's before we talk about new things, for anyone who doesn't know anything about Glimpse, why don't one of you uh, give us the, the skinny, the lowdown. So essentially, Glimpse is a NuGet package that you can just install in your project. And uh, specifically, at the least at the moment, ASP.NET packages uh, or projects. And um, when you start it, it pops up in the little bar at the bottom of your page, which shows you kind of like all the information you wish you had uh, about what was going on with your website. So it'll show you like how long the page took to render, you know, how long it took on the server, how many SQL requests you've got, you know, all those different types of uh, and bits of information. And so from there, you can start drilling down into the data and, um, you know, right there in your page to kind of understand, you know, what routing went on and, you know, what, how the model binding occurred and what was the actual SQL queries and all that sort of stuff. Wow. And so, you know, you, it, it's all right there for you. The view you wish you had of your application is kind of what we're going for. That's pretty awesome. And it's been very, very popular and well received. And okay. What's new? <laughs> You're obviously working at Microsoft. What's going on? So we're working at Microsoft now. That doesn't mean anything is new yet, but new stuff to come for sure. I think the newest thing for us is just changing to the to the climate of what it means to be a blue badge mm-hmm. and getting involved there. And then obviously there's huge things happening in the ASP.NET world with ASP.NET 5 coming out and it being cross-platform. And so really when we start thinking about new things with Glimpse, that's what we start to get excited about and is seeing Glimpse running on Linux and Glimpse running on Mac, being cross-platform and cross-browser. Yahoo! So what team have you joined at Microsoft? We are on the fittingly named team, cross-platform and open-source tooling team. Wow. So this is the team that has brought to to you uh, Visual Studio Code. Oh, right. um, Was that built on Atom? Did I read that correctly? But it was was a, a, a fork of an open-source 
code library project or, or uh, editor project that is they've now blown it as something huge, really. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They've built it on top of the core of Atom, which I think is called uh, Electron now. I'll have to double check that. But um, essentially, the GitHub guys did a whole heap of work of how to make you know applications uh, work inside of a browser but feel like a desktop app. And um, so uh, Microsoft has gone ahead and um, you know shared that source code and is contributing back to that the same way that I think some of the Facebook guys are and a whole bunch of other people. And so from there, they've been able to try and create um, a, a pretty kick-ass development story um, that we're trying to be a part of. And it doesn't sound like this is going to impact Glimpse. Well, for a long time, you guys, I think, were supported by Redgate while you were working on Glimpse. That's correct. So when we... So to, to jump back to the beginning of the story, and hopefully, you know, not everyone knows this story, but, um, you know, Nick and I were kind of toying around ages ago, like four or five years ago now, the the idea for Glimpse, the core concept of, of what Glimpse would become. And um, we were sitting on a subway platform and um, kind of tossing around the idea, and I was like, we should do this, like, you know. And um, then a couple of weeks later, we hadn't really done much more. We'd scribbled some stuff on a napkin and, you know, hey, this is how we could do it. But, you know, we're, we're kind of just pottering along. And then John Popper um, announced that at Mix 11, there was going to be an open source fest. Right. And we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we turn this into an open source project? And, um, you know, we're able to launch at, you know, Mix 11. So without any code or anything like this, we, we submitted to, you know, or applied to speak at, um, open source fest. And, uh, like a day later, we got an email from John saying, wow, that sounds cool. You're in. <laughs> yeah. Of course it sounded cool. You hadn't built it. Yeah. Nick and I just looked at each other and it was like, uh oh, we're in trouble. Like we're going to be getting up in front of a whole bunch of people and look like idiots. Well, and that hardly happened. So. We spent the, literally the next five weeks, uh, you know, between like 10 at night and two in the morning trying to put together, you know, the first, uh, what would become the first version of Glimpse. And, uh, since then, um, you know, it, it's built up from there. And at that conference, it, it kind of exploded. And, um, you know, people, it really resonated with people. And, you know, I, I think represented something that was missing in the development chain and in that process. And so from there, um, we, we went away and, you know, we're trying to support a community that literally went from zero to, you know, tens of thousands overnight. Right. And, uh, we started to really burn ourselves out because trying to support that many users for free in our spare time, you know, we'd already spent all this like five weeks pretty much shut up from our families, uh, to get it done in the first place. And, um, so we spent the next year pushing pretty hard. Uh, to try and get it done. Did you get some help from Microsoft? Were they interested right away? Yeah, so they were interested. I think it was still, you know, early days back then. It wasn't as if it was like, hey, look, you know, we want to drop everything to, you know, yeah. like make things work for you guys or whatever else. Um, but certainly, you know, they're interested for, for whatever they could do at the time to try and help support us uh, and give us connections and, you know, try and get, you know, teams starting to think about, you know, how would you do debugging and diagnostics 
um, you know, in, in a new world and a new way of looking at this stuff. And of course, in, in 2015, it's easy to think about how friendly Microsoft is with open source. Yeah. But you go back three or four <laughs> years, that was not the same relationship. Not the same relationship at all. Nick's nodding his head like you have stories. I want to hear them. Yeah. And so essentially, um, you know, it's, it's funny, like even at the time, I remember um, you know, people talking about, you know, like, wow, you guys did this as open source. Why didn't you start it as a product? You know, all <laughs> this stuff. Yeah, you know, we even got an offer that night on at launch to buy to shut down the open source and um and sell it for ten thousand dollars. And mm. uh, I'm kind of glad we didn't. But um, yeah, we are you know, too. Like stuff like that is just crazy. Nick, is there? Is there a story on your mind? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just funny to see not only the Microsoft change in open source, but the Microsoft customer ecosystems change towards open source. So when we released Glimpse, uh, we have basically always been Apache 2 license. And so uh, when when Glimpse was released, I, Anthony and I were both still consultants, and we'd go into our customers and uh, some of them even came to us and said, we should be using this cool glimpse thing on our project. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I know I made that. Yeah. Um, That's but, but then they would say, oh, but it's open source. We can't use it. I'm like, wait a minute. You, you realize that you're using MVC, which is the exact same open source license as glimpse. So the fact that you're using MVC means that you can use glimpse. Like the lawyer has already approved this legal document so let's <laughs> let's do it or they're just completely ignorant of the whole thing which tends to be the case often i mean i i find people either go one way or the other they say no open source absolutely not and then on the other side well it has to be open source and you know f almost for the same reason because you know they're worried about legal issues or whatever yeah for sure being able to get updates whatever it is you know usually unfounded what I'm starting to see is that as Microsoft has done more and more open source, the Microsoft customer base has begun to become more soft or comfortable with it as well. And so hopefully that trend will just continue and we won't have to be talking about this topic in five years. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I just like the whole position of, well, you know, you're already using it. Yeah. You use it a Microsoft product. It uses it. Yeah, that was the thing. When I was a consultant, I never went to my clients and said, here's the list of 15 projects that we that we want to use because it just it blew their mind, all of the 15 approvals. And so I always flipped it and I said, here's the licenses that we want to use. And it'd be one or two approvals and then all 15 products would light up. Right. And uh, I feel like that's a much easier way to have that conversation, particularly when you're dealing with expensive lawyers or managers who are afraid to ask those questions. It's, and very smart because it is, in the end, the license that matters. Exactly. Is Microsoft using their own license these days? Where are they falling on this? So I will say that we've been at Microsoft for a month, so I can't speak too much <laughs> to Microsoft. However... <laughs> but I love asking you Microsoft questions, Nick. It makes my day. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> on the hot seat day already. Um, you know, I haven't seen... I, Microsoft, so they did come out with their MSPL, right? The Microsoft Permissive License. Yeah. I haven't seen that license applied to anything in a while. Right. All of the stuff that's coming out of uh, at Plat, right? MVC, uh, Entity Framework, these kinds of things, they're all aligned with the same licenses that are being used in other communities, right? The Apache 2 licenses, uh, MIT, things like that. Um, I think that the community around open source just wasn't super comfortable with MSPL, even though OSI, the Open Source Initiative, kind of approved that and sanctioned it as a, as a real open source license. 
just stick with what people know. It's easier to sell. Yeah. And that was always the argument. It's like, why are you inventing a new one? Like you just make people uncomfortable, even if it's even more permissive. You know, you want the license that everybody's familiar with. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Coder Foundry. Coder Foundry is the nation's premier .NET bootcamp, teaching students the full-stack .NET framework plus AngularJS in just 12 weeks, with job placement services available upon graduation. Classes start every 12 weeks. To apply online or to learn more, visit coderfoundry.com slash rocks. And if you'd like to know more about Coder Foundry, you can listen to a 20-minute interview Richard and I did with Bobby Davis from the Coder Foundry. Check it out at tinyurl.com slash coderinfo. So should we talk about what you guys have been doing in the last year with Glimpse? Some, you know, additional features, bug fixes, uh, design issues. What, what were your challenges this year? So, yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so... Uh, essentially, just to quickly wrap up kind of the story and the history to get to that point, um, when we, when we post that year of just, you know, working on Glimpse in our spare time, um, luckily for us, uh, Redgate, which is a company based out of Cambridge, England, um, reached out to us and said, you know, hey, look, you know, we love the stuff that you're working on. And we'd love for you to, you know, come, you know, we'd love to sponsor you to continue doing that full time. And so, you know, they've been fantastic to us. Um, and so they gave us a good two, three years uh, of being able to work on that. And, you know, it's interesting of late, we've really been starting to think about, you know, what does Glimpse mean in a cross platform world? Mm -hmm. You know, what does it mean to, you know, be trying to debug, you know, different services and, you know, when you've got like a really thin web service uh, with like calling out to lots of microservices or you might have Node.js, uh, you know, uh, services out there or, you know, like these heterogeneous environments, like how can Glimpse work in that environment? And, you know, around that time, you know, we started talking with the guys at Microsoft and they were like, you know, look, this is really aligning with like stuff that, um, you know, we're looking at and we're trying to answer these same hard problems as well, you know, we'd essentially love to pick up on the sponsorship. And so that's kind of how we how we handled, uh, did the transition and how we found ourselves over here at Microsoft. Um, and in that time, you know, looking at like this cross-platform story and whatever else, uh, originally we'd started thinking about, well, how do we get running on Owen and how do we get running on uh, Mono and all this sort of stuff. And so we've really been spending the last, you know, year trying to look at our architecture and, and, and make the changes so we could support that. Because originally when Glimpse came out, we took a dependency on, you know, um, uh, system.web.http context, mm-hmm. you know, like it, that was like a pretty safe bet back in the day. Yeah. And it was like, you know, like, hey, IAS was, that was it. And, um, the notion of it's hosting a website in a console or, you know, in any other configuration that just didn't exist. Whereas when you, when you look at a world where it's like, well, IS mightn't exist. It probably doesn't exist. Well, it doesn't exist on, <laughs> you know, Mac or Linux. Um, you know, how, how does, how do you, you know, get this same sort of experience? Just a slight monkey wrench. <laughs> yeah. And so we spent a long time trying to come up with an architecture that we could support, you know, all the way back to like .NET 3.5. 
you know, as well up to four or five on mono and Owen and V next and all this sort of stuff. And we were like, we, we, we looked back and, um, it was like, I think this was even at the last angle brackets. And it was like, wow, you know, this, this is getting so complicated and so complex. And there's so many different abstractions to deal with, like the, these different environments. When reality is, is, uh, ASP.NET 5, um, and, you know, .NET Core is cross-platform. You know, like that's what it was designed for. That's what its task and mandate is. And so, you know, what if we took all the things that we want to accomplish, um, moving forward and some of the really cool ideas that we have and just built that on top of vNext? And, you know, that's not to, we still have current V1, which we, we will continue to rev on and, you know, do releases for and all this sort of stuff for people who, you know, are doing, you know, like still on 3.5 and, you know, still want these insights. But from our perspective, you know, we can, you know, do a lot more and feel of, of more service to the community by trying to have a really compelling, you know, ASP.NET 5 scenario. So is that your job for Microsoft then is taking glimpse forward? Yeah. So essentially within the uh, cross-platform and open tooling group, uh, we're heading up the debugging and diagnostics team. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is it's looking at um, how how can we best serve the community to deliver a cross-platform, um, you know, debugging and diagnostics experience. And, you know, part of the reason they brought it up, brought us in was because they came to the conclusion that like glimpse is one of the, is, is one of the best solutions for that. Right. Uh, because they kind of saw where we were headed with it. Um, because we've been in discussions with them today. Um, we already interact with a whole bunch of the teams. And so we've got a whole a lot of really, really good relationships, uh, in place to make that work. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what they brought us in to do. And so we're trying to get to the place that, um, you know, by the time, uh, VNEX ships, which is, you know, hey, out of the box, you have this really compelling experience with Glimpse, um, that, you know, you get these insights and you get an understanding of how your application is working, you know, how things are put together, uh, all these different bits and pieces and this really compelling development time. Um, story. Well, it sounds like you're ending up in the same schism that the ASP.NET team is with maintaining system.web uh, and, you know, doing development on that as well, and as well as now the VNX is, I mean, it's, they're different stacks. Yeah, they're, they're very different. And maybe not so much for the application developer who's just, mm-hmm. who's building their, their line of business app and they're shipping it. The API surface area is changing some, but the port, the portability story there is not horrible mm. uh but for where we're tying in kind of in the guts the layers below what people normally use that is completely different and completely brand new so for those who think you're, you're taking the easy way out by going into two that's just not the case you guys are doing the hard thing of rewriting yeah. two versions of glimpse essentially yeah you're exactly right we're doing the hard thing and, and like anthony said we looked at figuring out if we could abstract everything away and just kind of have one uh, one version with bridges and stuff like that. And it, it got very hairy very quickly because the paradigms are just completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. And this is all server side stuff that we're talking about. That's totally different. The, is the client side as well changing depending on the, the browser? You have to do a lot of work there or is just good HTML practices working for you. 
You know, I'd say that the client side stuff since we released Glimpse to Now is actually getting a little bit easier. There's frameworks like React that helps us render much better. And the thing that I'm really excited about is the browser vendors are rallying around a uh, a group at the W3C called the Web Performance Working Group. And they're writing all of these specs to expose diagnostics information directly to JavaScript, which means that we can nice. now tap in and understand exactly how many milliseconds it took for an image or a JavaScript file to download and how long it took to resolve the DNS for the page. And so without having to really do that measurement yourself, in other words, ex- exactly. Yeah. And so we're in a really good place because we're running on your server and our clients running in your browser. We can literally tell the complete end to end story from the request to the server back down and everything that happened on the client yeah. using those APIs. So I think it's getting simpler, but it's also getting richer. So we still have to do work there, but it's enabling more value for the users. Wasn't there a timing class added to, to, to JavaScript way back at the beginning of HTML5, pretty much? Although it looked like every browser implemented a little differently. And there's the problem. Yeah, we don't really care too much about the differences there. So I think you're talking about the high-resolution timer, uh, yeah. Richard. And that is just better than using, you know, uh, get date and then doing <laughs> get date yeah. again and comparing. Well, the, and the big thing was stuff like DNS lookups. Like they, yes. they, that's secret time stealing that's very hard to see right. if you're only writing JavaScript. So the fact that there was stuff in the DOM that would actually gather that information, you know, at the lower level of the browser for you so you could look at that, that mattered a lot. Yeah. And so the big difference between the browsers is how high of a resolution they get. And I right. believe the worst browser right now gets down to a tenth of a millisecond. Which, even in the worst case scenario, we're pretty happy with a tenth of a millisecond. A tenth of a millisecond? How sloppy can you be? <laughs> I know, right? We're not going to throw that browser under the bus right now, are we? Because that would be fun. <laughs> no, I, I I work for certain companies now, so I have to you know, know what I say. <laughs> we're not saying which one it is. <laughs> Excuse me, I got to... No, I, those, little... I think those guys are doing a great job. You know, actually, one of the reasons why we're really excited to be at Microsoft now, beyond what it means for Glimpse and the community, is the opportunity around the web platform at Microsoft. I don't know if it's ever been higher. We have a brand new client in Edge. We have a brand new server. And really, the oldest tech that we'll work on is amazing. And it's Azure, and it's revving all the time. You can't even really call that old. It changes every six weeks. So the chance to have an effect on such an important uh, development stack from top to bottom is unparalleled right now at Microsoft. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Uh, It must be that happy time again. You got it. It's time to refresh my web app with Glimpse that shows the number of listeners tuning out right about now. (laughs) 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 It's actually time to give away a Telerik DevCraft collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But before I tell you who won today... Let's talk about Telerik DevCraft. It's the most complete .NET toolbox for web, mobile, and desktop development. And with the addition of UI for Xamarin to the DevCraft bundle, you can create compelling native mobile experiences with your C-sharp skills. So download a free trial at tinyurl.com slash devcrafttrial. Awesome, dude. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Joshua Hightower. Hi, Rashley. Joshua. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. 
Joshua just won the Telerik DevCraft collection. That's a big pile of awesome from Telerik. And hey, if you don't know what we're talking about here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. Every show, we give away stuff from our sponsors, and every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member picked at random. And then we like to ask our guests also. Let's start with you, Anthony. If you had $5,000 U.S. to spend on technology today, what would you buy? That's a great question. So I've been, uh, I've recently moved uh, essentially onto a farm. And um, so I've been, you know, I've got 13 and a half acres, which I, I now need to look after. So you need some drones, huh? Well, I, it's funny you say that. Like, uh, if I had it my way, you know, it'd be like I'd go out of the morning, sit on my porch, and you know, fly a drone over and look at the animals and whatever else. Yeah. Um, don't know what my wife thinks about that, but um, you know. So, but in the meantime, I've been doing a lot of barbecuing because I had moved from a New York City apartment. Yeah. And um, so I'd geek out on a whole bunch more tools, you know, that uh, can tell me, you know, exactly what's going on with my uh, the the food that I'm cooking, um, as well as probably, you know, some other barbecue, uh, more barbecues and bigger smokers and all that sort of stuff. But because I've also got a farm, I'd love to know more uh, about like water usage, you know, it's, um, because mm. we've got like irrigation and stuff like that. So I'd like to be on top of that and having like timers and all sorts of different things hooked up for that. And, you know, it all controlled and reported back. It's a developer's dream come true. That's it. If you think about it, you you raise dinner, you know. So, mm -hmm. are you raising yep. any barbecue animals? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's funny you say that. In about uh, a week's time, we uh, fifty we get fifty more chickens. Yeah. And so um, that's a lot so, of chicken. Yeah, they, 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 uh, can guarantee you a number of them will end up in the barbecue. I can guarantee you a lot of chicken manure. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So lots of fun for us. Yeah, no kidding, man. That's that's going in whole hog. I kill me. Any minute now, I'll be funny. I swear. And that glimpse uh, heads-up display is still showing zero right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what's your choice? Tell me, you're not on a farm too. I am not on a farm. I'm still a city boy. Good, good. But my wife and I just adopted a baby girl. Oh, Congratulations, so nice. man! That's amazing. Thank you very much. And hey, now you've ruined your sleep. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, my wife is a saint. She stopped working and told me, I think that it's only fair that I work at night since you work during the day. So just ah. stay in bed and I will take care of the baby. That's amazing. What a great person. I yep. know. I, I am a lucky one. But it's amazing how one little baby can seem to take the four hands that we used to have to do things around the house and cut it down to basically one available. <laughs> She's using up three hands at any given time. So with the money, I would start outfitting my house to do better chores. So we got a Roomba vacuum cleaner that we lovingly named Rosie for Christmas. That's great. And that, that helps a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Well, does it really work well? It does work well. I mean, it probably doesn't do as good of a job as actually vacuum cleaning yeah like with a dyson or something like that but it does well enough that we're not embarrassed to have people over oh that's cool and what i want to do is i will spend the money to buy the roomba mop so i can have my whole like my floors really clean wow and then we get some baby stuff there's this thing called a mamaru out there which is it is literally a robotic swaddle 
And so you put the baby in there and it moves in three different dimensions and it rocks and it sways and it connects to your phone via Bluetooth. So you don't even have to get up to like change the speed or the motion in which it's rocking. Uh, so that'd be, you know, uh, a few hundred dollars or like a really super geeked out baby monitor. So my parents who are remote in Florida can watch the baby at any time and like direct a movie by changing camera angles and all that kind of stuff. Wow. That's, that's a good way to spend the money yeah, as a, that's as a good new stuff. father. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And and it uh, you do get better at it with practice. The problem is that once you know what you're doing, your child gets older and then you're incompetent again. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a dance of adjustments, huh? I no, yeah, you just be prepared to be me. perpetually incompetent for 20-something years. <laughs> and I only say 20-something years because that's as old as my kids are. I'm sure 10 years from now, I mean, you'll be incompetent for 30-something <laughs> years. You'll be in a whole new way. <laughs> yes. No, I, I clearly believe in the idea that children rise to your level of incompetence as a parent. <laughs> I am looking forward to being humiliated on a daily basis. Thanks, for and we will and we will gleefully laugh at you while you let us know. <laughs> oh, we've all been there, man. Just, well, thanks for, that, for the encouragement. Yeah. Oh boy, it's turning into Oprah. Uh, let's talk a little web here. I really we did want to talk. I don't know how much you guys could talk about the Edge browser. Uh, I've sort of had you know I've been in the the Win Ten Insiders thing, so I've been playing with Edge along the way. Uh, and it, uh, not everything works, you know, uh, does the, does the glimpse plug in or the glimpse client work in edge just fine? That's a great answer. I love that answer. <laughs> the crickets mean, I don't even think that we've tested it to be honest. With ah, you. wow. So I can tell you that I spun up windows 10 for the first time a few weeks ago in a VM specifically because I wanted to play with HTTP two stuff. Uh, but the reality is, is with all the work that we're doing focused on the server, the, the client hasn't been a, a big priority for us recently. We haven't been focused on that. It will be, and we will ensure that Glimpse works there. Actually, we're meeting with the Edge team as soon as we get off of this phone call to talk about a couple of APIs and make sure that we understand uh, how everything's going to be working with, with those guys. So, you know, they're involved with us and they're chatting with us, but we haven't done a ton of integration work or testing on it yet. But July 20th is right around the corner, so maybe we should get on that. Well, this show comes out after July 20th. Oh, no. Sorry, everybody, if it's broken. <laughs> Actually, it's scheduled for publication, and this is very meta, but I, will, I, it's, I, I think people understand that we record before we publish, because if we did it the other way around, we'd be time travelers. Uh, this show is actually published on July 29, which is supposed to be the Win 10 launch day, too. So, right. well, happy launch day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, goodness knows this stuff's all in flux right now. Yeah, it's... It, it's certainly an exciting time. Lots of things changing. I don't foresee there being really any problems. I mean, we, we kind of, uh, don't do anything too crazy in the browser, to be honest with you. So I, I don't, I don't foresee anything really bad happening. Yeah. There's nothing too proprietary about what we're doing with IE or anything like that to, to do what we were doing and with the rendering and anything like that. So I, I would, I would expect that it should work. But hey, we're an open source project. If it doesn't work, feel free to send us in a pull request. Absolutely. Right. How has that been going, by the way, with uh, help from the community? Is there anyone you want to give a particular shout-out to? Yeah, so, um, you know, we've been working on Glimpse for a while now. Um, you know, we've got uh, various committers now, and so we've got a guy um, over uh, in Europe who commits a whole heap uh, to the project. His name is Chris, and so he's doing a whole heap of amazing work for us and uh, helping you know, contribute to the core of Glimpse itself as well as answering all sorts of questions and on Stack Overflow and really being a good community advocate for the project. 
Uh, in addition to that, we've got a guy in a, uh, from South Africa who's now living in Australia who I missed by three days or something like that when I moved from Australia uh, to here. And uh, it happens that, you know, he was moving to my hometown. He was already a committer on the project. You know, how all that works, I don't know. But welcome to, you know, uh, uh, open source project land. Um, and his name is Bjorn. And so he works in in Brisbane, Australia, and uh, he's done a whole heap of webs, uh, work on our website, uh, as well as helping out on the new client that we're working on and all this sort of stuff. And beyond that, it, it's really cool. Like, if, if you go to our website, you can see um, we've got a community section, and uh, that's where we kind of, like, try and highlight everyone who's, you know, helped contribute to the project. And the list is, is, is growing pretty uh, quite a lot. So when we look at like the different people who have actually committed to the project, you know, that's the numbers are well into, you know, like probably over 150 to 200 now. And it's interesting because we don't think of committers as just, you know, or contributors, I should say, as just people who have necessarily um, committed to the Glimpse source code base, as it were. Right. But, you know, we're talking about people who, like, Glimpse wouldn't exist without the plugin ecosystem that we have either. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole ton of plugins out there that, you know, those people have spent a whole heap of time on working on as well. And so, you know, um, big shout out to everyone who's helped make Glimpse possible um, and, you know, continuing to do so in the future. And the cadence on release V1 has kind of slowed down a little bit as, as, uh, focus has, uh, from our part has been on to um, has been on to V2, and so you know that's where the community's really stepped up and has been able to keep keep the contributions coming in and keep helping us uh, get releases out. And, and beyond those people, you know, we've got even the financial backers, you know, like Redgate, who, as I said before, sponsored us for three years um, and helped get Glimpse to where it is today. Uh, as well as Microsoft, who is now picking up on that sponsorship um, and, um, you know, seeing it forward into the future. And so just the fact that, you know, ASP.NET or .NET can now have, you know, a project that, it, it, you know, it can be sponsored like that and can be as successful as it has been, I think is, is you know, huge signs. It says, it says a lot about the maturity of the of the community and, you know, what the future potentially looks like. Uh, and how healthy it is. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great story. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Stackify. Stackify fully integrates application performance management with error and log management in one platform. Capture performance issues as they happen without having to wait for them to reoccur. A cost-effective and lightweight agent provides you code-level insights. Try Stackify now for free and get your copy of the hilarious Developers Against Humanity card game once you activate your account. Use the link bit.ly slash netrocks to get your free game. And um, can you talk about anything that you're working on right now without killing us? No, no, <laughs> but I can give you some hints. Okay. Um, so essentially, Glimpse V2, besides being, you know, like, hey, how do we be cross-platform and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one of the major insights that we had into um, Glimpse V1 is that at the moment, you have to, you know, even though it's really cool and all of this information is really great and there isn't really a good way of getting at that information at all, 
you still have, we're not necessarily presenting that data in the best way. So like once you open up Glimpse into like a, like a, the pop-up mode from the bottom, you have to like, if you want to know the route that was selected, um, for, for a given request, you need to scroll through all like 50 routes or whatever that you may have to try and find the route that was selected. And that's on the routes tab. And then if you want to know the action that was selected, you've got to scroll through all the, you know, execution events to kind of go down to there. Mm. And then it's like, well, now I want to know the view that was, you know, rendered. And so you've got to scroll through all of those to kind of find which one was selected. And so Glimpse V2 is all about, well, we have all of this data. How do we bring it together into a picture which really matches your mental model of what like an MVC request looks like, for for instance, yeah, um, you know, so you've got one place to go to say what happened, and then you know, huh, something looks wrong. Now I want to drill down on that, right? Um, and it's interesting because I remember being in a. If you guys ever heard of a guy called um, Man Fowler, oh, before? of course, oh, yeah, like, yeah, biggest sure. patterns and practices and all this sort of stuff. And I remember being in a talk that he gave. And he was talking about like source code and tr- like static analysis and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, for your source code, if you wanted to jump in a plane and fly at the 10,000 foot view of your code, if the code itself was the one foot view, what would you want to see from 10,000 feet? And then what would you want to see from 8,000 feet, 5,000 feet, all this sort of stuff? And, you know, with Glimpse, that's, you know, we keep that kind of mantra in the back of our head when we're thinking about, you know, debugging and diagnostics. What do you want to see from 10,000 feet? And that's how we kind of got like the HUD bar that sits at the very bottom of your page, giving you that heads up information. Right. And then what's the 8,000 foot view? And it turns out, you know, for HUD, you can mouse over those and see, you know, more detailed information if you like. Well, what happened there? And then at the moment, uh, just due to the, you know, history of how we got to where we are now, the next step is you open up Glimpse in its full mode capacity, and then you've got a whole bunch of tabs. And yes, there is subviews within that, like you've got a timeline and whatever else. But from a UX perspective or the experience of, of that data, it's not a clear, necessarily a clear progression from that point onwards of you know how the data continues to flow. And so with V2 and the client and stuff like that, we're really trying to go, you know, how do we do that? Um, we're also trying to look at you know the community in the past has done a whole heap of prototypes of. You know, getting Glimpse run up and running on different platforms, and you know, um, Martin, uh, you know, who recently joined the uh, NuGet team, mm. um, you know, back in the day did a prototype of Glimpse running on PHP, and we've had the other people do prototypes running on Node, and you know, Java, and you know, Rack. And you say Martin, you're not talking Martin Farler. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, uh, Martin, he's uh, from he, he's not yeah, no, it's different Martin. Yeah, Martin and, um yeah, my get Martin. And, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're, we're looking at like, um, how, you know, does it make sense to have, you know, an experience for those platforms? And from an architecture point of view, you know, even just intellectually, you know, how would we support that sort of scenario, uh, moving forward? Um, you know, it also makes sense too, given where we're at, you know, like, what other products do we have and, you know, what, what could the story be there? You know, how can we, we enhance, you know, what the wider end to end story is of a developer who's writing code going all the way through to production? 
And so, you know, that we've got some ideas on that, but, you know, that's, you know, stuff that's a little bit further down the pipeline from here. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of a heads up on what we're up to and where we're going. Okay. I think we can deduce a couple of things from that. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Because, you know, I do feel like you're going to run into stuff like App Insights. Mm-hmm. Not even talking third party, but now, you know, you're hanging with the big blue monster. You know, yeah. they, I, I just wonder how, what that relationship's going to be like. So I can tell you, I was, I walked over to those guys this morning and, you know, we've got a very, very good relationship with those guys. And so I'm, I'm not worried about them and they're not worried about us. Do you see them as separate products? Are you guys going to collaborate? Like, how does this go together? Um, well, what I can tell you is that Microsoft is very much in the world of, uh, collaborating. You know, the worlds of, you know, like link to SQL and entity framework versus each other in a ring go, you know, is, is not where Microsoft wants to be moving. Cause that was not good for anybody. Mm. That was not good for anyone. Yeah. And so, uh, you can take examples like that. And if you want to apply that to this scenario, you can probably get a similar sort of example of, you know, we don't want to take them on. We want to work together. We're really good at what we do. They're really good at what they do. Um, and, you know, if it makes sense to work together, you know, we will. Right. You just got to sort of feel where you guys live the best. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of your dashboard. Like, it's a nice way to look at an app. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so we're working together and we're looking at what stories uh, will come out of that. And, you know, at the same time, we we need to be of service to our community. Yep. You know, so, you know, if the community is telling us, you know, hey, we want X, you know, hey, we'll make that happen. Well, you can't even resist it. It's an open source project. They're just going to build it and ask you and give you a pull request. Exactly. And so, you know, like, and, th- and that's what's happening with ASP.NET. You know, like um, I, just the other day, I was talking to a couple of guys and they got this massive pull request from, you know, the guy who works on JSON patch. And, you know, now that's a part of the framework. And it wasn't necessarily something that they were planning on taking in as a feature, but it was like, wow, this this was donated to us by the community, uh, similar to like uh, attribute routing, you know, donation from the community. And so, you know, um, we very much care just the same way about the community. And with, with the only reason we exist is because of the community. Right. You know, it's like even if you paid us the salaries we have, this product wouldn't exist, wouldn't be where it is today without the contributions we got from the community and the direction the community has given us. And so the fact that we're looking at this cross-platform stuff is because it's what the community wants. And, you know, that's, that's a huge focus here. Like all, all the management and, you know, all the devs and everything are really passionate about what the community wants and where they want to go. At the same time, there is clearly a roadmap. I mean, it's just an interesting balance for the guys at the ASP.NET team. Like they have a plan for what yep. ASP.NET's going to be lo- look like. And you can be part of that conversation. But you can't just write anything and expect them to take the pull request. Like the Jason's patch story, and I'll obviously want to know more about this. That's surprising that they went for that. That's not part of the roadmap. And then suddenly here it is. Yeah. So I think it's it's a fine balance between, you know, looking at the roadmap and as well as embracing the community. We, we have the same problem. So we've got in our minds and you know, uh, I'll put in quotes, agreed with by the community where, where we're heading. And then we might get a pull request from left field. Now there's etiquette with, you know, open source projects. Usually open source projects don't like to just get, 
you know, this massive pull request of, you know, a thousand, you know, files and a million lines of code. Yeah, bombing me with code is rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I'm pretty sure the person who, um, you know, donated Jason Patch, it wasn't just, here's a pull request, see you later. I'm pretty sure that was a discussion. You know, that was an open source project in and of itself prior to it being pulled into the framework. I think it was, you know, a discussion that had gone on and, you know, looking at like what was best for that project, what was best for the community, you know, all this sort of bits and pieces. But typically when you want to contribute to a project, you'll open up an issue. And so we get this a lot. Like we're, we're working with a, a member of the community at the moment about getting keyboard shortcuts into Glimpse V1. And it was a raised issue. And, you know, he said, hey, this is the approach I want to take. Uh, this is what I'm thinking. And, you know, is it all right if I do it? And I was like, yeah, shoot, go for it. Here's some feedback on, you know, the way that we'd like to be able to pull it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the, otherwise go for it. If it had have landed and just said, here it is, regardless of implementation or, you know, the way that they've done it, it makes it a lot more difficult for us to make it a slam dunk when it comes to pulling it in. Right. Have you had any requests to support the any of the actor model frameworks out there, Orleans or Phoenix or or anything like that? We have not, and you know, I've actually never even gotten a chance to play with that kind of stuff. But I would see, uh, and I, I get the gist of of how they work, and I think that Glimpse would be a great place to do that kind of stuff. So this is kind of one of those things that Anthony is mentioning, right? Like we we have a focus of where we're trying to take glimpse, but that is one of those things that could move the needle, right? That could open up a lot of scenarios for a lot of users. Mm. So if it's something that people are interested in, head over to GitHub and fill out the issue, and we'll certainly open to looking at that. Nice. All right, guys, we're just about out of time. Any last-minute things that you want to push or talk about real quick? Just thank you so much to the community and to the guys that have helped made and girls that have made helped make um, Glimpse possible. Um, you know, particularly our core contributors, uh, Chris and Bjorn, they've, they've done an awesome job with us for that. Also, just keep an eye out. We've got more stuff coming. We've got more news coming later on. Um, but, you know, otherwise, we're an open source project. So if you want to know what we're up to, you can... You can hand on over and, you know, we'll be keeping the blog up to date and, you know, trying to, trying to keep up. We're, we're playing the game of keeping up with the ASP.net team. Good luck. Those guys are fast. <laughs> You're telling me. You're outnumbered. <laughs> That's it. Um, but luckily we, we, our scope is a little small, even mm. though it's pretty big. It's, it's smaller than creating a whole new web framework. So. Yeah. But I, I could, I think you want to let them take the lead on dealing with all these cross plat issues too. Like they, let them exactly. solve those hard problems and you can happily call, exactly. you know, ma- immature developers imitate mature developers steal code. <laughs> That's it. Like I know they're doing a whole heap of work on Perth at the moment on mm-hmm. cross platform and all this sort of stuff. And even yesterday, like Nick was like, Hey, can we borrow your Perf rig to, you know, once we get glimpsed a little further along to make sure that we're good on Perf? And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll help you out. Awesome. That's great. I'd like to echo Anthony's gratitude and thank Microsoft and Redgate for everything they've done for us uh, so far and, and moving forward. And I'd also like to push uh, a little bit of education. You know, we find a lot of our users are using Glimpse and they see all the numbers and like, oh, this is great, but what does it mean? I've never had access to data like this before, and so now I need to figure it out. So we've spent a lot of time doing education. So I have a Pluralsight course out now on how to track web performance. And so 
uh, people can go and watch that or just go to my blog and I have a bunch of articles and uh, videos about uh, web performance in general with and without clips. Fantastic. Anthony and Nick, thank you so much for joining us for this hour. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us on board. All right. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a